Hello and welcome to Integrating Chinese Medicine with the Dow Health. I'm Elizabeth Cullen. And I'm Georgia Fong. And we are traditional Chinese medicine practitioners and acupuncturists. We are your hosts, providing an educational platform for practical ways to integrate Eastern medicine into your Western lifestyle. Throughout this podcast series, we will be discussing the benefits of getting to know our bodies in a practical sense and how to be an advocate for your own health. Welcome back to our Integrating Chinese Medicine podcast for Season 2, Episode 4. Today we have a very special guest, Kate Kendall. Passionate about teaching the art of slowing down through yoga, meditation and writing, Kate is the co-founder and director of yoga at Flow Athletic. She's also the author of Life in Flow, a contemporary guide to living your yoga off the mat. Outside of teaching classes at her studio and internationally, Kate, having survived a 27-year-long eating disorder, works with schools across Australia to talk to young women about heart-led leadership, authenticity, and the practices that cultivate healthy self-esteem. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did. All information in the podcast Integrating Chinese Medicine with the Dow Health is for educational purposes only and was relevant at the time of recording. We recommend for any individual symptoms, personalised diagnosis and treatment to see a registered health practitioner. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Hi, Kate. Welcome on to our podcast, to episode four of season two. Thank you for coming on. Thanks, girls, for having me. Now, today we're going to chat a lot about the breathwork experience that you do. I've personally experienced this and it has honestly changed my life and the way I think about meditation and mindfulness practices. So I'm really excited to delve into that a lot today. Awesome. I love talking about it. Yeah, perfect. So, Kate, let's start (laughs) and tell us a little bit about your background and your experience with breath work. Yeah. Okay. So... I guess breathwork became quite a natural thing for me when I got into yoga. Mm. And prior to getting into yoga, you know, I was working a, um, a desk job in an advertising agency or a small kind of digital agency. And it was there that I was starting to experience uh, anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'd be sitting at my desk and I would just be starting to feel anxious and I don't even know why heart palpitations. Well, I mean, it could have been related to my eating disorder that I had for 27 years. So, so I guess that story goes back to when I was in high school. Yeah. And about the age of 14, I got diagnosed with anorexia. Okay. And that anorexia, like the, the depth of it, the real worrying physically part of it, like visually, mm-hmm. that kind of tapered off with a bit of an intervention. My mum coming to boarding school and taking me off to get um, diagnosed as a bit of a wake up call I basically had you know sister Pendar and all the other all of my other friends at boarding school where I was at they were watching me so I was eating but that eating disorder really merged into other forms of eating disorders and stayed with me for 27 years so it was definitely all this anxiety it was all kind of coming out at different um 
uh, end, so to speak, through through the eating disorder. So there's that that kind of you can see, you know, since teenage up until working um, in that little agency that, you know, I was going through some stuff. And so it was at about the age of 22, 23, I just come back from the UK and over there I had been doing a lot of partying and Mm -hmm. going out and I was on antidepressants at this, by this point. So you can see that probably all the partying wasn't really doing me any good. Good with those med- that medication as well and I thought I'm going to get back into fitness and I'm going to try yoga because I've heard that yoga is really good for giving me tight abs and long lean limbs and you know so I got into yoga out of the vanity of it all okay, okay. <laughs> I'm still feeding this incessant eating disorder how can I look good what can I do to make myself look good okay. and um and from that very first yoga class you know I fumbled my way through it and I felt like a little baby elephant, <laughs> but I still remember it so clearly. It was one of those moments. I remember the light streaming through the window. I remember the carpet on the floor, the incense burning, the guy next to me breathing in this really weird way, which I now know is Ujjayi breathing. Mm. And I just remember feeling something that I hadn't felt before in Shavasana at the end, this, this absolute connection with my body just being in my body. And I'd been so disconnected from it for so long. By that stage, you know, I'm, what, 22, 23. So, you know, by that stage, I'd been in my eating disorder <clears throat> for quite some time. And I walked along the promenade um, where I was living in, in Bondi after class and I remember stopping my tracks and, again, feeling something. And the feelings weren't necessarily what we might call so-called good feelings, but it just made me realize that all feelings are so valuable and awesome because I hadn't felt anything. I'm so numb to so many things. Yeah. And I was like, is it the yoga? Is it the breathing? Is it the stretching? And so I'd go back and within a month of practicing regularly with the doctor's help as well, I started to come off my antidepressants. Okay. Amazing. So it really became my medicine and I you know, I, I, of course, stretching out the body and, um, and contributing to the health of joints and ligaments and releasing tension in the body, that was all so beneficial. Mm. But 100%, it was the breath that is the difference. It's the game changer. It makes yoga not just exercise. To me, yoga is an exercise. You know, I went into it thinking it was exercise. Mm. Um, but the breath, I always say to my students, breath is everything. If we're not breathing consciously, yeah. we're just, we're just throwing shapes. Um, yeah. so the breath is the magic. It weaves through the magic, the prana in yoga, we call, uh, energy or chi, mm. yeah. um, prana, we call it prana. Yeah. And so yeah. it's this awesome way of moving this prana through the body like circulating prana through the body with all of the movements the holds and the postures and also just teaching ourselves to stay in a state of grace under pressure because you know some of those postures are pretty gnarly and yeah (laughs) hard to be in for numerous breaths but that's the whole point like what kind of a person am I when I'm in those postures and how can I remain grounded and present and it's all through the breath so that's really how I came to breath to answer that question through yoga and then and then more recently I've just gotten right into it um 
and I was just led by divine, um, some divine source led me to this course with a friend and I started to dip into these really ancient technologies of breathwork and kriyas, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is what we did together, Georgia, and that has totally transformed the way that I teach, the way that I breathe, the way that I practice. So I feel like in the past couple of years, my exploration of breathwork has just gone to like a whole new level, uh, you know, aside from just the yogic breathing that we do within a flow class. It's like um, these beautiful ancient technologies that are available to all of us except we're not really I don't see them in too many places being taught and and what's the origin Kate of the ancient technologies that you're talking of with the Kriya and the breath work so a lot of the Kriyas and breath work that I've been taught are from the tantric tradition okay yeah yeah Yeah, so um yeah they're just offering this richness to the practice that um that's that's so incredible and have you been using that type of breath in your yoga as well have you found that that's enhanced the movement or are you finding that that's separate to the yoga you can do it separate or together so I have what I call in my own practice my own personal practice I have what um we call a sadhana so sadhana is like a day a practice you know what you're doing every day to contribute to your spiritual well-being your physical well-being your mental well-being and uh, so I'll, ha- I'll have a series of kriyas in the morning that I'll just do on their own or if I have more time and I really feel like moving my body, I'll interweave them into yoga practice in the morning. Amazing. So, for example, I might do a few sun salutes and then stand at the top of my mat and do some um, warrior breaths, which are these really great ways, great kriya for grounding, for creating really strong goddess legs. and. Um, and just inviting lots of prana into the body. And I might do another couple of sun salutes or sun bees and then add another kriya. So, yeah, it's totally transformed the way that I practice for sure. What an incredible way to start the day. I know. Mm. It's better than a morning coffee, I yeah. think. <laughs> <laughs> so is breath work a form of meditation? Well, it can be. There are definitely techniques and breathing exercises that can be like a meditation I think that it depends on how you look at it so a lot of these kriyas and breath works Mm. that I speak of and and just even just an ujjayi breath or an alternostral breathing um breath nadi sodana which you get in a yoga class sort of anywhere any of these kind of basic not so basic even still so magical yogic breath works they can prepare you Mm. for meditation yeah. So that's why the yogis would practice them. They would, first of all, the asana was only, it, you know, it wasn't, it's only just one the physical postures of the asana. It's really just one little tiny scratch of what yoga is. Yeah. You know, we think in the Western world yoga, when we think of yoga, we think of stretching and postures and. Um, well, yeah. yeah. But really uh, the yoga was created by the yogis so that they could release excess tension and feel more comfortable in the body, open hips, longer spine, so that they could sit in meditation, so that they could experience 
that depth, that stillness, that shunya, um, that expansiveness, and then to those states of bliss. So they basically created it so they could sit longer. Okay. And the breathwork also contributes to that, you know, it prepares you for meditation. So, you know, we might think of some breathworks as a form of meditation kind of, um, but when we think of the formal sit down, let's meditate, mm. um, the breathworks will help you to drop into that state. Um, okay. yeah, I don't like to say faster when it comes to meditation, but it can happen. You can drop into that state faster, I guess, if you've prepared yourself with. Yeah, most definitely. And I guess mm. it allows you to get into a deeper place of meditation as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Mm. So, Kate, physiologically, if we're talking about breath work, how does it get you into that state of stillness? So get you out of that fight or flight and into Mm. that stillness before meditation? Mm. Well, one thing that comes to mind is that we, I'm sure you guys see this a lot, Mm. is that um, so many of us are chest breathers and mouth breathers. Yes. <laughs> that. Yeah. yeah. And, and this baffles me that when I don't go to, say, for example, the doctors, which I'm not having a dig at at all, at all, but I feel like why doesn't anyone ever ask me how's my breath? Mm. How's your breath? Because it has, it has, such a direct, uh, it so directly reflects how you're feeling and your state of well being, I think. But yeah, so a lot of us are mouth breathers and chest breathers. So we'll find that we're breathing up into the chest. Yes, definitely. And so that is what stimulates that fight or flight response and can make us feel really out of the body, vague, scattered, mm. all those things. And then when we can focus, on breathing in and out of the nose to start with we can consciously direct the breath lower down into what feels like the belly but you're just drawing the breath down into the lower lobes of the lungs Mm. and so even just that simple awareness and for some some people it would take practice just to be able to breathe down into the belly yeah but when we can breathe down into the belly it activates the parasympathetic nerve receptors and that's what I call it in yoga, like a yoga stone. That's what helps us feel after yoga, like we're in the body, we're present, we're calm, but we're mentally alert. So we feel more focused, we feel um, more present. We just feel more connected. You know, like when I finished that first yoga class, I was like, what is this feeling? Oh, I'm connected to my body. Yeah, it's Like this literal drawing of life, of prana down into the lower lobes of the lungs and my god it has such an instant effect like incredible that we have this source and it's right under our nose this source for well-being it really literally is it's free and it's right under our nose but I guess it also increases that oxygen exchange it slows your heartbeat Mm. um, lowers and stabilizes your um, blood pressure and you know especially for a lot of women where I tend to hold a lot of tension in my abdomen. I know when I'm feeling stressed or wound up, I'll have this place right under the heart kind of. Mm. 
mm-hmm. and the abdomen that just goes like rubber hard. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I notice that and when I can catch myself and I breathe down, it's like instant. It's an instant change. And so also when we can breathe down into what feels like the belly, you guys would know this more than me, but it must be like so many nerves down there, right? And so up the diaphragm as well. Yeah. And if, you, if you're going into that deep type of breath, which we focus on with patients on the table, if that's mm. all locked up in the upper lung, then mm. you're not getting that flow of breath downwards into the abdomen. And it affects digestion. Yeah. Which affects people mentally. You know, it's just the knock-on effect of so many different things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's amazing when we can regulate the breath, when we can slow down the breath. And I think a biggest misconception with breathing and, you know, I, re- I just remember it always being told if you feel stressed, take a deep breath. Yeah. And to me, I reckon that, suggestion needs to be modified a little bit and I think it should be focus on a long exhalation yes yeah yes because if we take huge deep breaths sometimes I think that can exacerbate the anxiety or the overwhelm or whatever's going on whereas if we can focus on just a conscious breath in take just what you need so that the rib so that sorry the chest and the outer ribs move just a little bit Mm. Um, and then focus on a really long, slow exhalation, even if you can with a little pause at the base um, in that space of breathlessness. Yeah. Profound. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe moving away from the whole just breathe and more so take what you need with your breath Mm. and focus on more of that longer inhale and exhale. Mm. And it's a great... Sorry, please. What were you saying? That's okay, Kate. I was going to say maybe that guidance needs to be given a little bit more or some mm-hmm. education about breath work. Yes, yes. Yeah, how important <laughs> it is. Have you guys read the book Breath by James Nesta? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. Oh, fascinating. It's a really good read. I really recommend anyone who's interested in the breath and is listening to this to, um, to pick it up. It's a great book. It talks a lot about how our skulls and the shape of our mouths and our jaws have changed over time and how we've become mouth breathers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And the guy who wrote it um, did this study on, you know, mouth breathing and nose breathing. And he basically on purpose blocked his nose for a whole, I think a month. Within one day he started to notice like all these you know, all these things that were detrimental to his health, like not Mm. sleeping, feeling tired all the time, feeling lethargic, feeling foggy, digestion off, like all these things. And then the next month he reversed it and he taped down his mouth and so that he could only breathe in and out of the nose and almost instantly things started to change and go into that upward trajectory for his health again. Definitely worth a read. Yeah, have to put it on the list. Yeah. Mm. So we were talking, Kate, about the parasympathetic nervous system and how it benefits from breath. What is the relationship between breath work and the vagus nerve? Well, the vagus is just such a hot topic at the moment. The vagus nerve. (laughs) And the vagus nerve, I think the word vagus, vagus, and it's spelt V-A-G-U-S, not vagus like Vegas, Las Vegas. (laughs) But the vagus, I think. Vegas means the, the meaning of it is um, 
wandering from what I can remember this being told to me once and it's quite a fitting description for this I guess this main nerve that runs from the brain all the way down into the colon Mm -hmm. and um and it connects with all these different parts like the um, middle ear the vocal cords the heart the lungs the intestines and it basically sends messages from this place up to the brain it's like a super highway of information for the parasympathetic nervous system yeah Um, and a lot of the you know studies being done on a lot of the yogic breathing can increase this vagal uh, tone which again we're hearing a lot of a lot about lately too yeah and so it affects all different things like, you know, our moods, um, our, our moods, uh, digestive system, like functioning of so many different things. Yes. Uh, and, and as well as this, so there's one, there's one in particular, the Ujjayi breath, mm. which is probably the most common breath work we take in, for example, a vinyasa class, a flowing class or a hatha class. And there's this really slight constriction to the flow of breath or air. Again, I don't like to use the constriction because it sounds harsh, but it's like this, and we can all do it right now. It's, you know, that sound that you make when you're fogging up a sheet of glass with your breath? Yeah. Yeah, so it's that sound. So if you take a breath in now and then open the mouth to make that sound. And notice what's happening in the throat and then take another breath in keep the mouth closed and try and recreate the same sound you get that mm. and that that is said to be stimulating uh, the vagus nerve mm. and what a beautiful breath what that literally does slow down the breath and sends the breath right down into the lower lobes of the lungs yeah. uh, and it's also said that studies are revealing sound, um, gentle sounds like there's a, there's a breath work that we take uh, called the humming uh, bee breath mm-hmm. and where we just take our hands over the ears and we basically hum so that we go. Mm-hmm. And it's such a beautiful practice. <laughs> Try it. It's so, so good. Yeah. And before bed too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really nice. Whenever we do that one in class, people love it. Mm. And then the vibrate. I think besides the uh, vagal tone that's going on, I think um, there's also stuff that's happening in the diaphragm, like a vibration, which is said to release feel good um, hormones in the body there's yes. so much magic in so many of I mean these ancient yogis were so I don't know so aware and so glad that we have all these yeah. Uh, yeah. technologies that now modern science is going hey this is really good for this this and this and the yogis are like yeah knew yeah. it thousands of years yeah. ago <laughs> I remember reading, Kate, about the monks and the monks were humming initially to activate the vagus nerve <sighs> as well. And you just think all these practices, it is, it's amazing that the awareness is in the Western world now, but it was all there so many years ago. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and just walking around and humming feels really nice too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. yeah. 
<laughs> so, so Kate you're talking about the benefits that you see in terms of stress relief and digestive support with breath work what other benefits do you see with your clients when you're practicing breath work with them there's energy levels mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. yeah and reducing anxiety it just I feel like a lot of these um the kriyas that I was talking about and kriyas are basically you know you might be sitting in um you might be sitting seated for example a lot of these people a lot of people would like uh, come across these in a kundalini yoga practice where you might be um making movements with the arms and the breath so this movement and the breath it's 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 like these uh guess inhaling up exhaling turning the fist in as you come down so you're doing a certain movement to create a desired effect okay yeah and yeah I'd say the number if I had to answer that like really sort of one or two sentences the thing that I see the most the benefits of greater energy yeah better digestion okay and more focus and I think focus is a big one I think focus is it's it's everything. If we want to do anything, I mean, you know this. If you want to do anything, if you want to complete a project, open a business, and you are required to focus. Yeah. If you want to stay present. If you want to be more connected to yourself and others and have really conscious conversations, you need to be focused. Mm. Um, so I think that's now. you know, and in the workplace as well, greater productivity and I hope that we're going to see more uh, breathwork programs in corporate in corporate environments because it's just such a simple and powerful tool yeah yeah most definitely and anything to support better focus I think we all need that yeah social media emails hard and fast life that we live in yeah I Mm. think any tool that we have in our toolbox will be beneficial so Kate similar to movement do you believe breath work should be a daily and or weekly practice to support the central nervous system I think ideally yeah but see I mean yeah that's that I think is is yes but also I don't like to be dogmatic I don't feel I don't like to like you should be doing breath work Mm. but you have to be kind of drawn to it and want to do it and I would say that for those who don't want to get really deep into kriyas and breath works you can do really simple things every day like that that idea of just a conscious um breath in like maybe a deeper than normal breath in and then an exhalation that is perhaps twice as long and then with a little pause at the base i think if we can do that for five minutes at the beginning of the day, five minutes at the end of the day, something as simple as that, I think, mm-hmm. makes a huge difference. Sitting or laying, Kate, or standing? I would say either sitting or lying down because it's going to help the nervous system. It's going to soothe the nervous system. Okay. And would you do that before, if you were going to practice some meditation, would you do that before to allow yourself to really get into your body? Yeah. yeah. I think any, any breath work before meditation um, so that one that I just described with the longer exhalation mm-hmm. and um, box breathing before meditation can be okay. good too. So that's like 
So the one I just described was, say you're breathing into the count of two or three, you're breathing out to the count of four or six with that little pause at the base, the breath retention. Mm-hmm. And then for box breathing, um, you it's called samavrutihi or equal breath. You imagine the four sides to a box. So yes. you breathe in, let's say the count of three or four, for the one side of the box, three or four for the top side of the box, three or four for the other side of the box, three okay. or four for the, the other side. Yeah. Bottom. That give me a nice one to do before uh, meditation and also alternate nostril breathing or Nadi Shodana. Okay. Yeah. And you can Google all those and they'll come up on YouTube. There's literally thousands of techniques. Or even, you know what, one one really good, another one that you could do five minutes beginning and end of day mm. is uh, they call it resonance breath. And there's actually an app that you can get. It's, it's essentially belly breathing. So you focus on a really creating a soft, almost like Buddha belly. They say five or five and a half second inhalation is ideal, which you might need to work towards. Okay. And then a five or five and a half second exhalation with no pauses, uh-huh. no okay. pauses. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so with that one, you can take the hands to the belly and practice it. And if you're quite visual, you can visualize like a yellow balloon, for example, and on inhalation, it's expanding. And on exhalation, it's deflating a bit. Okay. Those simple ones, those really simple, simple breath works. Make a difference. Mm. And so for people wanting to practice breath work, would you recommend picking a variety of different styles of Kriyas and Breathworks? Because you've you've spoken about quite a few, which is great. Mm. But for someone who's just starting out and they're like, I feel a bit overwhelmed, there's so many different options, what would you recommend for, would you say something different for stress management, for energy levels, as a um, a sleep prep Breathwork? Mm I don't think there's any like one size fits all for these things. So my, my, my response to that feels like if you can find a breathwork teacher, awesome. A lot of these practices were, um, were taught orally from one teacher to the next teacher to student, teacher to student. Mm -hmm. Um, So to find a teacher that is really enthusiastic and who knows a lot about the breath, uh, then awesome find that person yeah. and if not like if you're you just can't find that person you don't have access to that person you might live really remotely you can't make it to the studio then I'd say starting with those couple those ones that I just mentioned from the previous question so box breathing um, focusing on the long exhalation and then belly breathing or resonance breathing those three are really great starters and alternate nostril breathing yeah okay yeah. Mm. that's such a helpful piece of advice as well kate about pausing at the base as well mm-hmm. because i think for someone who's beginning it's that long breath in and then having on the exhale or having <laughs> yes. oh gosh i've stuffed this one up um, <laughs> is it inhale and then exhale and then pausing at the base Yes. Yeah, so inhale, there might be a little pause at the top. And then when you exhale, that slow, long exhalation, the focus, see if you can widen that space, the base of the out breath to like, you know, 
three or four seconds. Some people will freak out a little bit when they're breathless, when there's no breath, when they're when they're holding at the base of the exhalation. And I think that's all part of it. I think it's a practice to feel a little bit of the discomfort, to feel a little bit of the panic, but know that you're not going to die. The next breath is available at any stage. Yeah, okay. And so I think that's part of it when you feel a little like, oh, I'm out of breath. I'm not, I'm holding the breath at the base. So to lean into that and soften into that. Uh, but yeah, so to wide and to practice widening that that space. I know um, breathwork facilitators who have traveled the world. They've they've trained with Wim Hof. They've done every course under the sun, and a lot of the feedback that I hear is that the simple and the most effective way to breathe is to focus on what I just said. That jet. Uh, that gentle breath in, conscious breath in, okay. long, slow exhalation. So you breathe down into the lower lobes of the lungs on the inhalation. You take just what you need. And then you focus on a long, slow, not forced, long, slow exhalation, little pause, two or three seconds. Then you start that conscious breath down into the lower lobes, into the belly, long exhalation <laughs> pause yeah. apparently that is like the most effective breath work you can take okay okay but some of the others are just fun to do and give you tons of energy and can alter your state and it's so it's kind of fun and that's another reason why it is good to if you're going to do some of the more um dynamic breath works like breath of fire uh, bellows breath cosmic breath there's all these different dynamic breath works um Sometimes our nervous systems aren't ready for them. Okay. Yeah. You need to build up to them. Otherwise, it can be like plugging into, you know, when you know when you go overseas and the currency is like stronger or something and you put yours in and your phone blows or something. It's like that. So if our nervous system isn't ready for this amount of prana to be coming into the body, yeah. we can have a really um interesting experience with it um and to use a more uh, i guess esoteric uh vocabulary around it it's um you know you've heard of kundalini rising and you can have this over um surge of this prana which can send people a little bit um out of whack would that mentally be- emotionally would that be, for example, Kate, someone who's deficient because, say, they've been in fight or flight for a long period of time, would that be an example of someone that you'd need to start really gentle with breath work and then come into more comprehensive type of breath work like you've just spoken about? Yeah. Because would that be too yeah. stimulating for them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think to start with the simpler ones, if you spent your whole life breathing into the chest, breathing in and out of the nose, Mm. first thing to do is to start breathing down into the belly like yeah, yeah. and maybe that takes a month yeah okay um yeah so you're even just talking about this it just makes me realize and we can realize how yeah sure it can be a slow journey back to health but it can also be really simple mm. it can be really simple and again not to not to throw any of the amazing work that um you know medical system is all about and doctors god thank god i've had doctors that i can take myself off to or family members off to in in emergencies yeah most definitely 
but I don't, I don't know. I feel like the holistic approach of starting with simple things like how's your breath and how's that affecting your digestive system and how's that affecting your mental health and mm. yeah I think that's why the mm. integrative model works so well Kate because if you have practitioners mm. in a medical model who are aware of the benefits of say for example breath work then you can work together mm. and that's the beauty of it as well because then if we're all working in that kind of complementary model being respected by the medical world and vice versa we can mm. get the most beautiful outcomes for patients Mm. Mm. and it's two people it's you working with um that feels like you working with um patients I don't even like to use the word patient you're working with someone else who's coming to get assistance with their own health Mm. but it's like this beautiful working together it's not it doesn't feel like a giving away of your power giving away your it's it's more so like a GP feels way more it's self self-managed in a way that it's your body's own ability to heal yeah yeah rather than relying on something else externally to yeah. be like okay treat the arm pain it's like okay mm. what's going on system mm. yeah or say for yeah. example uh, let, let's say a GP so a GP in their training isn't taught about breath work say for example mm. but they can be aware of how beneficial it would be for their patient and then they can acknowledge that they don't know how to teach that but they know who to refer on to yeah and mm. that model can work so well because they're then aware of how breath work can help someone or say for example mm. acupuncture and yeah. then they can say okay um, I'm going to give you x y and z say for example a mental health care plan but I know that breath work can really help with anxiety as well, so I'm going to send you here. Mm. Because I think in, like, say, for example, the medical model in emergency department, they don't have the time to be able to refer someone yeah. or be able to teach that, but there's so many amazing mm-hmm. people like yourself, Kate, around who can guide people. So mm. I really hope we see that in Australia is that our health model can change to that. And I think it, it already is. I think so, because we're seeing more and more GPs recommending meditation. Yeah, right? which For is example. amazing. Yeah, so if we yeah. fit breathwork into that model, because we mm. are now beginning to understand such amazing benefits yeah. from it, then patients can continue with meditation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, you guys would know this more than I, more more than I. You have the better kind of view of what's going on, like medically and professionally. Mm. Sounds good to me. Yeah, which is let's (laughs) hope we can do that. Let's do this. (laughs) So, Kate, with um with breathwork, um, how long should say, for example, um, someone who's just beginning with breathwork, how long should they practice daily? And someone like yourself, how long do you practice for? So I have my sadhana every day and I might sit for 40 minutes, but that'll include breath work, kriyas, then 15, 20 minutes of meditation. So I'm basically breathing for 20 minutes and then the type of breath work and kriyas that I'm doing in the morning are designed to invite vasana and prana into the body because I want to get out there and I want to do my thing and I want to be of service and I want to be on 
Like I, yeah. my breath works in the morning and not so I can just be yoga stone and like chill out. <laughs> I want to be participating in life fully. And that's what they help me do. Um, but not everyone's going to do that. Not everyone is into breath work as much as I do. Some people, you know, are into surfing. Some people are into running. Some Everyone's got their thing. Mm. Sitting and doing breath work, prayer and meditation for some people might sound like absolute nightmare. So again, I'm not here to be dogmatic and say to do that. So that would be my personal practice. Mm. But I would, what I would say is beneficial for everyone is, again, just to repeat that um, really simple exercise of the conscious breath in and long, slow breath out with pause. Mm. Yeah. So I think, I think that can be practiced daily, twice a day, morning, night. And it's so simple. I mean, you can do that on a bus. You can do that when you're driving a car. You can yes. be doing that when you're in a meeting. Like how good when you're in a meeting and you're presenting those five minutes before it's your turn to stand up for people who hate presenting and being in front of people. Mm. Just to be able to give yourself that skill. Yeah. You know, some kind of confronting conversation that you've got to have. If you can focus on that longer exhalation, it's uh, it's like sending a message to your nervous system. It's okay. It's all right. We're not threatened here. Literally, that's what it is. It's very primal. Our body thinks that we're in some kind of trouble, so it starts to get yeah. overexcited, ready for flight. But if we can do that really simple long exhalation, yeah. I'm not going to say that the nerves aren't going to be there or that you're going to love presenting, but It'll just help you stay at home in your body, which is the whole point in your body grounded. There's this beautiful quote by John O'Donoghue and he said um, in one of his poems, he said, our bodies know that we belong. It's our minds that make us feel so homeless, which is so beautiful because when we're up in the head, which often happens when we're overexcited and anxious and breathing into the chest, you think about it like actually the direction of flow of prana you're breathing it right down into the belly so you're grounding sometimes i even imagine the prana moving into my legs and feet yeah and the silly sounds it does just help to calm and yeah yeah i'm feeling a little nervous get back in my body yeah and i guess you could consciously do this throughout your entire day mm. yeah mm. yeah yep Breathing slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. How amazing would that be? I think one of the side effects or the benefits of this kind of breath as well is that when you when you have that discipline, and I mean like that kind of soft kind of discipline, that discipline that creates a lot of freedom. So you're disciplining yourself to think about the breath to consciously breathe. After a while, it becomes second nature. Yeah. Yeah. And to remember that it's not about breathing more. It's actually how can I breathe less? So slower and less, slower and less throughout the day to take that into the day. Yeah, it'll become second nature. Your breathing will just improve Mm. in general. Yeah. And I guess it would come to a point, Kate, where it wouldn't feel as much effort as well because Mm. guiding that breath. Mm. It feels like a treat. Yeah. Yes, I will. Yeah. Everything about our lungs. Mm. What was that? Sorry, George. 
Oh, I was going to say, imagine starting your day with your breath work, finishing it with breath work and doing these slow breaths throughout the day. You'd just be in this state of calm, no matter what life threw at you. Your central nervous system would love you. Yeah, you'd be so responsive and not reactive to any kind Mm. of stresses, which is amazing. Yeah. Mm. I wonder about your window of tolerance as well. I'm sure that that would stay. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, affecting everything. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All righty. So, Kate, to finish off, what are your three top tips to relieve and manage stress in the hard and fast world we are living in? Mm. Okay. So this is, again, personal. Conscious of the breath, as we've been talking about the whole podcast. So we've we've got that one. That one's out of the way. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sleep. Yeah. And it's a that's tricky. Sleep is a tricky one because you know, my daughter's three now, so I get better sleep. Mm. Still interrupted, like, but I, I get better sleep. When I was a new mum, if you had have told me sleep more, I'd be like, Are you joking? I would if I could. Yeah. <laughs> so to also acknowledge that there's gonna be times in our lives where sleep is harder to get and that's okay too but for me if definitely the moment it's the breath it's sleep and um and nature I mean if I could put movement in there I'd put um breath and movement in there but but nature um being outside and forest bathing yeah just going to the park even if you think you're in the middle of the city and you don't have any nature around um to go just to a park and to take your shoes off and to put your feet in the sand or just put your feet in the on, on the in the grass have a swim in the ocean I mean these all sound so simple but my god so makes such a different that makes such a difference to my um overall state 100 percent mm. there so they're my three um breath and movement in one <laughs> like an four. <laughs> sleep and and nature and on the nature thing it is funny and I, and I make this reference as well I do it too but I I often say um to, you know go and connect with nature but what we forget is we are nature like we are wild we are wild I mean we've been domesticated sometimes I think we're like these poodles that have been so domesticated <laughs> <laughs> we're actually wild we're wild we're nature and yeah, so maybe nature, yeah. maybe that that last part of getting into nature is to um to go and connect with other forms of nature so that we're not separate from nature we are nature yeah and such a good point <laughs> fantastic yeah amazing well, Kate, thank you so, so much for your time this morning and sharing all of your incredible knowledge. We really, really appreciate it. Oh, thanks, girls. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. It was fantastic. I learned a lot. Thanks. <laughs>